bass drop. I know I was. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, ExpressVPN. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games. And there are many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who, you know, usually right here I do a, a fun uh, a current events riff or some reference. Eh, I'm just going to say Christian Spicer because you know what? I don't want to think about the real world right now for a while. We're going to talk about video games. Christian Spicer, how are you? I'm good. I don't know why you don't want to think about the real world. It's NFL playoffs. How are those Niners, baby? Again, again, don't <laughs> want to think about the real world. Again. Uh, uh, last year was a heartbreaking season because they lost the Super Bowl. This year was a heartbreaking season because everyone got injured, I guess, that the entire team uh, was hurt. Uh, we're not talking about the 49ers. We're going to talk no, video no games. No one is, Jeff. No one is. <laughs> <laughs> sad truth. A sad truth. Um, although, my other show, I'm doing a, a, this football, a fan-controlled <laughs> football show. I, I might be... Um, there, I'm, I might be interviewing Joe Montana. So, like, uh, childhood dream come true. Anyway, we're going to talk video games. We have a ton to talk about. There's lots of games that we have been playing. There's some fun news to get through. And we have, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite guests. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Danish Long Campaigns. Because we have the guy who's responsible for the phrase "danishing a game." You also know him as the former senior UI artist at NetherRealm Studios, as well as the co-host of the fantastic "Somebody Should Make This" podcast. Our friend, Mr. Danish Syed. Hey, Danish, what's up? Hey, man. It's so awesome you're back. It's been been too long. It has been great. too long. It has been much too long. And I'm so glad uh, we we got you before you took the next step in your career, whatever that might be. Uh, I have we no get idea to, what it's going to be. Yeah, um, I'm very I'm very excited for uh, for our next uh, hour and a half plus because uh, you're one of my favorite people to talk to about video games. That's awesome. But before we get into this, I just want to say your guys's prediction episode last week was absolutely amazing. I mean, you defied all logical conjectures. Uh, <laughs> you with detailed legendary context with dazzling and luminous craft. Wow. That is until you decided to look at the coming year <laughs> and descended into laughable conspiracy Uh-oh. and delusional and ludicrous comedy. Hashtag PS plow. <laughs> um, you're, you're laugh now, but PS plow, that's the name. That name again is going to be PS plow. If I, anyone, I was, 
If anyone is still doing the DLC drinking game, Danish, they are drunk before we started the show. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to say, PS Plus, I was listening to the episode like late at night. I was working late. It was, I don't know, like one in the morning or something. PS Plow, I literally burst out laughing in the middle of the night all by myself. Um, and then also, uh, I was kind of headed on my, on my phone. I wasn't wearing headphones. It was on my phone just playing quietly on the table next to me because I was walking around doing stuff. And at the end of the episode, the Spice Man came on, and my wife <laughs> texted me, please turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, th- it's like a, a thousand voices rang out. <laughs> there was definitely a disturbance in the force uh, <laughs> when the Spice Man entered the building. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's our you know, most common feedback is, really, with the loudness? Really? No, the most common feedback is, can the Spice Man have his own show? When is the Spice Man going to set up yeah. his own cameo? When yeah. is the Spice Man going to do something else that ends in O um, sound? Can't be yeah. show, can't, you know what I meant. Um, but the you need those announcer prac promos. The Spice like- Man can be quiet too, baby. He crawls oh, into boy. your dreams. The Spice Man is sponsored by that one meditation app you like. Fall to sleep with the Spice Man. I don't think I'll ever sleep again. Oh no! Oh, subtle Spice Man is not any better. <laughs> oh, yes, Spice Man for good character pack announcements now coming to Smash, baby. <laughs> God. All right, we're moving on, and we're going to start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by using our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com, or our Discord. We have a fantastic Discord. That's also 5x5dlc on the old Discord also, feel free to give us any feedback, comments, uh, suggestions for guests for 2021. We're getting a fantastic uh, new new voices thread in the in the Reddit with uh, lots of great suggestions. So please join the community, be a part of it. Danish, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, it's actually kind of a slow news week in the world of video games and the world in large, you know. Um, but I will pick uh, a Kotaku article, Defunct Land VR lets you experience a classic Disney ride 25 years after it was closed. And uh, this is like something that I'm super into and I think it's really, really interesting. So there's a couple things to talk about here. Um, there is a YouTube channel called um, Defunct Land which uh, I would highly recommend anyone check out. It's extremely fascinating stuff. They just about 15 minute videos on old, you know, theme park rides uh, that are no longer around and kind of why do they close or, you know, what was it like and that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, I think a few years back it was, they they announced a Patreon and it's like, Hey, you know, potentially if we get enough patrons, we might try to recreate some of these old rides in VR. Um, So they actually did it. They actually released uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea which I didn't really know much about. In fact, uh, when I saw this news, I was familiar with Defunct Land. In fact, uh, there's that really great documentary, Class Action Park, on HBO yeah. Max. Defunct Land did uh, a, a video on Action Park, actually, before that even came out. Um, so anyway, I was kind of aware of it. But I went back and I watched their two partner, uh, two videos on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Submarine Voyage. And like I knew I was going to download this VR thing. I thought, you know what? Let me get some context. And I watched those videos. 
so cool. And then finally I put on the headset and did it. And I just love this whole thing. I just love the idea of it, VR being a way to, you know, just to just keep a repository of these things that are so, you know, that go away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is some ready player one stuff, you know, like this is like relive your child, at least for me, I remember the 20,000 leagues under the sea ride. Really? I think super cool for folks that have never experienced it and want to journey back into a time that they never got to see. Uh, for me, this is, this feels like, you know, this was what I remembered. It still feels weird that it's finding Nemo, you know, that's been that way for I don't know how many years, but uh, that was, you know, when I was a kid, Christian, did you ever ride the 20,000 leagues under the sea ride? As a 14-year-old, is how old I am? No, I have. Yeah, I definitely have. And I remember yeah. when they did at Disneyland, uh, I don't know, like California, uh, Florida, but like the rebrand for Nemo at first, it's gotten better. But at first it was like, and here's Nemo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There was like one clownfish in there. And I was like, that's just a clownfish. <laughs> I actually yeah. only rode the Nemo one. I never, uh, I never rode the Twenty Thousand Leagues one. So I was kind of coming at reverse, you know, like seeing what it was now, and then taking a trip back in time to what it used to be. You know, I haven't done this yet. Is it is it a good experience? The VR, it's uh, pretty solid you know, recreation. It, yeah, it's pretty solid. I would say it's definitely on the lower end of fidelity. It's like you know, very much an independent project. I, I think yeah. it was done in Unity. And what, as I was watching, there's a couple of things that's actually pretty cool is like watching the YouTube videos. They talk about how the effect was created and how you're basically in a boat. You're not, you're, you never really submerge under the water. And if, if you look up during the ride, you can kind of see the surface of the water and they kind of recreated all of those sort of, uh, you know, behind the scenes things in this VR ride. So if you look up, oh, wow. you can see the surface of the water and stuff. And if you'd like kind of peek around to the left or right, you can see the way the track bends, like kind of in a real amusement park where you can sort of see where you used to, where you were and where you're going to be and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I like, I like cool. the way they did that. They, they did it where like it, they're trying to recreate the ride, not the experience. And yeah, so right. some of the jank that comes with it. And what's funny is almost like on a sub, on another level, like a meta level, because you're now abstracting it one further with like low poly, you know, like objects and like characters. It's like, a simulacrum of a simulacrum, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, that, so. but <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. Well, I guess there's a bunch of this kind of stuff that's also in dreams. Like people are doing right. using uh, the PlayStation Four Dreams platform, which also supports VR, PSVR, uh, to do a lot of uh, Disney ride recreation and stuff. Uh, super, super cool. I mean, I'm gonna. I think if we have time, I'll talk later about my experience with uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator in VR this week, but. That's another one of those things where it's like I'm basically experiencing a real world thing. There's no there's no fantasy here other than the fact that I would be the pilot of the plane. Um, and I think that's kind of a neat that's a neat thing to do with with VR. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of VR like 3D video and and authentic, you know, being first person in an experience that's just recorded in the world. But this actually recreating with cg with with computer graphics uh real world situations i think is an, a really underutilized thing so far and i'm hoping i mean there was that everest experience that kind of did this and there's been a lot of sort of that photogrammetry um but i'm i love this idea of trying to create as authentically as possible something that no longer exists yeah. that's that's pretty pretty cool I can't wait till they make the T2 3D VR uh, thing because 
I have such fond memories of that. That I did actually see oh, back yeah. when they tore it down, and it was so cool. So they got to get the yeah. like actual real actor to run out playing. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they they have like actual real human actors that run out and interact with the the crazy stuff that's going on. Yeah, um, I want to see more of this uh, Mario Land and the Mario Kart ride in particular in Tokyo because it it's AR, but like that augmented display as you're going through a ride, and I know it's like combining these two things like the real ride plus stuff but i think that's really compelling it kind of reminds me of the void vr experiences where you put your hand on the thing i think that's going to be awesome like i want that for star tours you know like really you look to the right and it's like darth vader like sitting actually next to you or something instead of just on the screen in front of you uh i love it yeah super cool story uh christian what's your story of the week Man, I love this story. And as Dan mentioned, it wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of new stuff. We're in that one lull. This is it, everybody. <laughs> everybody wants that one lull in video games. You found it. It already happened. You've missed it. Yeah. Um, February, it's all bullet train to release town again. Yeah, it's Hitman 3 drops, and then, then we go. Except for yeah. every game's getting delayed. So I guess it will be a lull for the entire year, per Jeff. <laughs> 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 for me, it's this Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo story. Because that's Microsoft now has bought Bethesda, and I've offered them my childhood memories, which were in negotiations for they still haven't reached out, and I'm still hoping they do. Um, but they, what is it, EA, Midway, Square, which I think was, was it Square, Square Enix at the time, and Nintendo, and this feature are talking about when they met with Nintendo, the, the clip was like, imagine an hour of someone just laughing at you in a meeting. Because that's what it was. <laughs> I love I love that idea, especially picturing, you know, like the Blake J. Harris console war era of Nintendo, just like so sure of themselves. And like Microsoft can be like, we want to buy you. What would it cost? And them just honestly laughing for an hour. But it's pretty amazing because this is what, at the time, everybody was predicting. Well, not predicting, but suggesting saying wow you know wouldn't it be wild if if microsoft bought nintendo and it's a rumor that's persisted for a long time without any kind of confirmation that they actually attempted it you know it was always this sort of this pie in the sky well you know strategically microsoft has a ton of cash seems like they could buy nintendo and especially you know it's hard to imagine now where the switch is selling like hotcakes but there were a lot of years when nintendo in the gamecube era wasn't doing so hot and that's right around the time that this story takes place is those years when you know pre we <laughs> pre we uh before nintendo kind of got its mojo back and it it's kind of remarkable actually that they laughed at their face because you can kind of imagine that being a possibility at that time danish what do you think what do you make of this uh nintendo as a microsoft subsidiary i mean it's something that people have theorized about for a long time you know it's one of those things where uh it's still like it's i don't think people really appreciate it when sega went third party how big of a deal that was and so it's almost like well after that nothing nothing's gonna surprise me you know like that's uh can you like mario and sonic at the olympics like can you believe mario and sonic are in the same game so i don't know yeah it, it is crazy though i mean i i i've heard um I don't know if you've heard the rumor like Apple buying Nintendo. That was a popular one for a while. And uh, that one I almost buy more just because they have similar philosophies and sort of this closed guard, you know, 
walled off garden sort of thing. Like you can yeah. see that more with Microsoft. I don't see it as much, but then, but then you think about, well, you know, even Mario has kind of gone on mobile phones with, and they started to lend them, lend Mario out to a few kind of multi-platform, not, not really a competitor console, but still it's, it's happened more than I would ever would have thought. Yeah. What, what it's, it, it, it's, it was, it was a strange I mean, obviously, we we need to reiterate that this wasn't a story about something that just happened. This was a story that happened, you know, in the 90s, I think, or the early 2000s. I would say the um, 2000s, yeah. Yeah, uh, right around the first Xbox era. So what were you going to say, think, Christian? I was, I was curious, like, when I read through this, I didn't, I don't know if there was, like, rumored price tag. Like, what do you think? What was that offer? <laughs> you know, like, what's that? What's that offer? We want to buy you. I mean, Bethesda had some bees after it. And I know Nintendo is maybe a little down, but if you just even then valued their IP. Well, like, I'm sure the the B's now are, are very different back then, right? The, the, the B's have become the new M's uh, in the last 10 to 15 years. And this is longer ago than that. So, you know, I, who knows? But I, it, it is interesting that the Square Enix offer was reportedly turned down just because the money was too low. Like Microsoft didn't, offer them enough cash according to this story, according, according to this Bloomberg tale. So, you know, uh, it would be interesting to know how much Square Enix is like, no, we're worth more than that. <laughs> and Nintendo, who knows? I'm sure it was even more. What might have been is fascinating. You know, My the idea memories of, remain the, again, cheap. I don't remember half yeah. of them, so they're available. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be the person that that blasphemes now and says that the alternate history where Microsoft does buy Nintendo in the early 2000s isn't necessarily a worse history. You know, I, I listen, I love Nintendo. I maybe not as as much as some, but I do love Nintendo and I think they've done some wonderful things. I don't necessarily think the hardware that they've made has made me enjoy their games more. I think the I think you know, were they making games on powerful Xbox consoles for the last 20 years? I think I would have loved those games maybe more. Is that blasphemy well, to say? I mean, not necessarily, uh, although there's a whole nother tangent about like, well, what happened if the Wii never existed? And what would happen if, uh, right. this, you know, this whole, the, you know, you could argue that it broadened the market, even like, you know, like the, your grandma playing Wii, but then like it exposed so many people to, uh, video games that now are potentially more like core gamers. So you don't really know. Maybe it would have affected the entire market share. That's um, a great point. And I would say even more than the Wii, which is not insignificant, and you make a great point about it, but even more than the Wii is the DS. Yeah. Right? If the DS right. didn't exist, the handheld market would really not e not exist. I mean, they basically sort of single-handedly created handheld for kids market. Right. And right. And that's a, that's a massive thing. I mean, think of all those like brain training games that were sold to adults and how many kids, you know, grew up because you know, using a DS and because of the DS loving video games. I think that's a great point, Danish. The other, thing, they, go ahead. the other thing I'll say is that, uh, you know, in the N64 era, you know, I think my one of my favorite developers and a lot of people was Rare and Microsoft did buy Rare. Yeah. And you kind of, and that was kind of like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. Imagine like, all those games, but it never, nothing really came of it, it which is right. until recently, which, you know, Sea of Thieves is awesome. And so I'm really happy that it feels like they're finally kind of back doing their thing. But talk about a lull. That was, you know, not a lot of games coming out of Rare. 
I'll yeah, you, that you also mentioned Viva Pinata there, Danish, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I wonder, Jeff, like, I don't know if Nintendo, and I think this is kind of similar to what Danish was saying, like, if they would have been given the freedom to make what they wanted to make. Like, playing their games on their hardware was maybe never... I could picture playing that same game on more powerful hardware and enjoying it more, but they did kind of design yeah. to their hardware. Like, the game right. the big A button, like... In the no, no guarantee that, that that those games would have been made. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, and, and it was a button amount to anything though. <laughs> like I, I remember, like the the GameCube controller was so. This is, this is such a tangent. This GameCube controller was so cool and interesting. And do you remember the triggers? Talking about uh, Dual Sense triggers now. GameCube had incredible triggers where there was a button at the end of the depression, so like you can push all the way down, and there's an extra click, and like. Zelda, like you draw the bowstring and you click it and it shoots the arrow, but then you can like pull back and not shoot the arrow. Literally the only example I could think of that thing ever being used. Yeah. And the Z button, but ZR, but no ZL in the interview at the time was like, well, we did market research and consumers really liked the Z button. And it's like, that's because it was the trigger on your old N64 controller. (laughs) Yeah. That controller didn't work out. So I don't think, I don't think there's any games that like we would have lost out on because they didn't have the GameCube controller. Right. But I do, I do think, you know, there was a very different Microsoft back then to what we have now. And I could, I could see them screwing up Nintendo in some way or forcing them to make games that they didn't want to make, you know, but you know, Mario would be great if he had like a AK 47 in his hand, you know, don't you think? No, I don't know. Scary, scary thought. Well, you know, he had guns in kingdom battle. That's true. That's true. Uh, I think they were amazing game. I'm their cartoon little like muskets or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. Not not wrong. All right. Uh, fascinating what if, I think. And uh, it's cool to know that that actually was attempted. And here we are once again, Microsoft buying, acquiring studios. So who knows what they're going to do in 2021. Um, my story of the week. Ooh, you guys have left me some interesting options. I mean, I'm tempted to just talk about these delays like Outriders and uh, Path of Exile 2 and how I predicted every game is getting delayed and it so far, so good on that prediction. Uh, but I won't. Uh, I'm going to talk about this thing because, yeah, because Danish is here. Yeah. Uh, just and it, it tickles me. Uh, Danish worked uh, many years on the Mortal Kombat franchise and most specifically Mortal Kombat 11, most recently, obviously. Uh, and we are seeing some mods popping up that allow you to play Mortal Kombat 11 in first person or third person mode. Now, obviously this is not ideal to play a fighting game like that, but I just think it's kind of cool. And I wanted to know what you thought of it, Dennis. Did you get a chance to look at some of this video? Yeah, I did. It's awesome. I, I love it. I always love this weird mod stuff. And just in general, not even speaking like my time there, but like as a developer, you you love seeing creative things people do with their game. It's like, I never looked at it that way or like, you know, there's a lot of times where we might come up with crazy ideas that, and, and even like prototype something. There's, there's a few things that like in the past we've done where it's like, wow, that's so wild and so crazy, but like we could never include it because it's so broken or it's so busted. And if we, if we actually want to make a real mode of this, we have to really polish it up because there's so many edge cases with mods, like no one cares. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. This doesn't work. That doesn't work but look at this, this is cool. You know, like there's, there's, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of times where we do that too. And then like, ah, oh, well, uh, but so it's great when fans kind of take up 
uh, that idea and do fun stuff with it. And I've seen so many, like, you know, I, I remember even uh, MKX, there was like mods where they took off. It was like, I think it made Kotaku news where like, you know, uh, Jason was a DLC character. And it's like, here's what Jason actually looks like. We've never seen his face before. Cause they like modded the mask away and he had a real face. And that was just like our, the base male model that every, you know, <laughs> like, no, that's not his face. We didn't model it just for Jason. That's everybody until they have their real face. And, but like, yeah, so it's all stuff like that. It's, it's really, really fun. <laughs> reminds so me. Jason uh... has the same face that Sub-Zero has. You heard it here first. Sub-Zero's the same person. <laughs> In the, the Razorcrest um, kit Lego set that I'm building, the M- Mando's head is just a black headpiece. Like, there's no face. I, uh, yeah. I don't know if they've now... Mysterio, uh, the, the Lego Mysterio is just a blank placeholder yeah. head. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do, like, a second version of it now with a head. Now that, you know, spoilers or whatever. We know who the actor is. He has a head. Um, but I think that's interesting to do that, you know, respect that part of the show. He like, doesn't take off his helmet. They're like, no no head or like in this in games where it's like we know what we know what they look like now i don't even know if it's respect that part it's just like the toy manufacturers like hey can we get some no no info no info oh, all right uh, i guess we'll just do nothing in there <laughs> you know it's can, we more like, like, can we make it look like the actor that clearly plays this character no okay all right no no problem we got this yeah um but i i don't know i i dig this i for some more uh, the nitty-gritty information it is this um this modding program called MK11 Hook, which is a suite of mods that let you uh, mess around with the camera and control the game's speed and all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, somebody decided to pull the camera out and stick it around. It, it's worth looking at the video. I mean, obviously, no one would be able to play this game, especially the third-person mode where, like, your character is almost <laughs> completely blocking your view of the enemy that you're trying to fight. Um, but it's still fascinating and sweet that, you know, people are just figuring this stuff out. I, I think it's cool. There was um, one mod I saw a few months back uh, or last year where, you know, we have uh, on the fight line, there's like you, you fight and the camera's in its very fixed position. But then when it goes into a fatality, it's a very cinematic camera. that's awesome and really, you know, edited really well. But there's a mod where it just pulls the camera back and keeps it on that wide view. And you see the whole fatality play out. And of course it's totally broken because characters are popping around. Cause like, like in a real shot, you know, you might have one setup and then you on your next setup, you would fly out a wall or you change something. And right. like we we do that in video games, too, because it makes the camera placements easier. And so you see all of that when the camera pops wide and you see the vitality and characters are bouncing around. It's like, but <laughs> cool. That's rad. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like uh, bringing it back to the first story. It's like looking in beh- behind the ride, you know, seeing how the, the ride is made in Disneyland or whatever. Uh, I love that stuff. So. Really cool. Um, Christian, I'm surprised you didn't talk about this uh, Elite Controller Paddle story on Steam. I know you were, you've been hoping that that would happen. Yeah, I like that. It, it, I do find that exciting. Um, I'm just bummed that, it, you know, Sony hasn't announced paddle support for the PlayStation 5. Um, but I do love the way Steam is quick to integrate controller tech. The paddles coming took a little longer, but I think they've also integrated the uh, DualSense, the haptic triggers as well i love seeing that stuff and like giving developers you know the tools to work with and the paddles if i remember correctly there was you could still use them it just wasn't quite as elegant because i'm pretty sure i did it just like mimicked just the button basically like within i think they're assignable now that like you have a template and you can assign them however you want 
Right. It's, it's, it's nicer, but I love that. And I, I still really enjoy um, playing with back paddles and I'd, I'd like to see them be more widespread, but going back to Nintendo and the Wii, I do get, you know, still how the standard controller is intimidating. And I think yeah. you hand someone of the controller with claws out of the back of it. It's even, it's even more. So it's hard to, I don't have it next to me, but like the elite controller with all the paddles on, it feels, I feel like I need to be careful putting it down. Even it's just, it's, it's a very, everything's clicking, you know? So I get it, but I, I really do like them. In this announcement that Steam had for the support for the Xbox Elite controller paddles and other interesting edge case controller stuff that they're now supporting inside Steam, they also mentioned some, I think, fascinating statistics, one of which is that the number of people that use controllers to power games, to control games on PC, uh, on Steam, between 2018 and 2020, doubled so double the people between 2018 and 2020 used a gamepad when playing their game on PC, according to Valve. And uh, the number of the, you know, Xbox controllers tend to be the most common, but PlayStation uh, has been gaining ground. Apparently 21.6% of players using gamepads are now using Sony controllers. Fascinating. I'm curious, Danish, what, kind of control or do you use a controller when you play on steam and if so what controller do you use so i use a well until recently uh i i don't know why i just had a wired xbox 360 controller and that was my controller me too that's really? what i still use right now yeah yeah I because have right over here i eventually bought one of the um xbox one like wireless usb things so it like basically Using Bluetooth, I just hate because it, it, it's never exactly perfect and there's always a little bit of delay or it drops out or something like that. So I love it wired, but then I'm trying this uh, wireless USB thing that's like the Microsoft branded, you know, dongle. And that's been great so far. So I've been using that now. I love my wired Xbox 360 yeah. controller. I don't ever have to worry about whether it's charged or if I have extra batteries. I, there's no reason for me to care that there's a wire connected to it because I'm sitting at my computer, you know, six inches away from where the wire plugs into. So it's not like there's any convenience to have it wireless. So I just stuck with that. I've been using a wired controller on my, on my PC since I got a wired Xbox 360 controller, which must be 10 years now, you know? Yeah. The only reason I switched is because my, one of the shoulder buttons started getting real mushy and just like didn't <laughs> click anymore. I'm like, All right, I got, I got to replace this controller. This thing's got like a decade now. Yeah. Do you I have your Xbox 360 controller is, I don't know if I have any complaints about it. I think it's a pretty darn good controller. Do you have it near you? Can I see it? I want to see what color it is. Oh, um, uh, it's not it as yellow. Yeah, mine's still white-ish. Oh, dang, yours looks good, Jeff. Yeah, because I washed my hands, Christian. I just packed I mine up. Or else I, I get it. Mine is mine is yellowed. It's real gross. <laughs> oh it's, God, it's, it's real gross. Yeah, um, mine's pretty. Mine's pretty yellow too. I can't find it, but my I I like the PlayStation Five controller. I know there's been some reports online of like tri- triggers failing already. Um, mine's been great. I still think that's probably my favorite controller of all time. But I really like the new Xbox, like the Series controller. Just that subtle refinement. It's a a slightly better shape in my hand. I like the D pad better than the 360. Like, there's nothing wrong with the 360. The Xbox One controller is fantastic. Um, I still use the Elite controller for uh, most play experiences, but I really like the subtle changes they made to the 
the new series controllers. I think they're really nice. I I just when they when they moved to Xbox One and they altered the way the bumpers are positioned, I never I never got on board with that. Um, and they stuck with that for the Series X and S. Uh, and it is just this subtle sort of shifting where I think the intent is that you are supposed to use the sort of lower pad of your finger to press it rather well, than I just, I just knuckle it. it. It's just a knuckle. It's a knuckle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you roll your finger over it. Yeah. Like you, your fingers are all in the triggers and you just roll your finger. And right. Hits. So that's what I'm saying. Like the lower yeah. part of the pad. And I just, I've never, I know that's the intended way I of never, doing I it. I never do it that way either. I always pick up my finger and push the tips onto the. <laughs> pick, up your, pick up your damn finger. Yeah. You know, have some respect. <laughs> and wash your hands. Wash your hands and pick up well, your finger. The thing about my 360 controller, and man, I, I literally this weekend bend them and put them away. I have a white with launch Wiimote that if I showed you to this thing in the light of day, it would blind you. Like it is chef's kiss. <laughs> pristine and there's my 360 controller that looks like it was just dipped in like the most yellow nes from the 80s i mean it is just it's you know what's funny the the funniest thing about my uh my xbox my wired xbox 360 controller is that i just realized this remembering it now the reason i have it because Xbox 360 had wireless controllers but the reason i have my wired xbox 360 controller is because i got a dev kit we got dev kits when we were on uh, the Totally Rad show so we could play, you know, pre-release games. And the dev kit had a wired Xbox 360 controller. And that's literally the same one I'm using now. Right now, <laughs> someone at Microsoft is like, uh, boss, we found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't have the dev kit anymore. I just have the controller. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. Hey, let's talk about the games we've been playing. But, but first... But first, I want to talk about our sponsor, ExpressVPN, which is actually uh, the VPN I personally use. I've been using it for a long time, long before they were a sponsor. Um, And it's a serendipity that they became our sponsor because I was just using it. I was paying for it. Still pay for it. Uh, And, um, you know, some of you are probably just using incognito mode on stuff you don't want people to see, but... Um, you might want to use a VPN or you might want to use a VPN to let you watch things in different territories on Netflix. There's all kinds of really useful reasons to have a VPN and ExpressVPN is the one that I've trusted, that I use, that I like. You know, I I use ExpressVPN because it's fast. It's fast. And it reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your ISP can't see the sites you visit. And they keep all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. When I'm using it, I barely even remember that it's on. It runs seamlessly in the background, super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one big button, kind of like that GameCube controller, tap one big button, and then you're protected. It's fast, I barely even notice it's there. And it doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or any ISP. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. So why not just not give it to them in the first place? ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. 
Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit the exclusive link that we've got, expressvpn.com slash DLC, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash DLC, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash DLC. You can learn more at that link. Check it out. Time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Danish, it is, it, we, we went through an, an entire storm of releases at the end of 2020. And here we are on the other side. There's a slight lull between now, you know, between that, that storm and the upcoming storm. So what's been filling your time? What is on your playlist? Well, it turns out, actually, me and you have the exact same playlist this week, um, <laughs> which is great. That is uh, funny. But mostly, I've been playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. And, you know, we, at the top of the show, you talked about how um, we call it Danishing a Game Where, and for anyone who kind of doesn't know what that means, there's many, you know, there can be many interpretations, but what that, <laughs> what that means is um, I play a game and I love it. I think it's like, Oh my God, my, one of the best games I played this year after four hours, I'm good. Like as no bearing on the quality of the game, I can still be one of my favorite games of all time, but no, I'm good. I get it. I'm good. Yeah. This is the opposite of that. I can't stop playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, I put in about 25, 30 hours, which is unheard of for me. I don't play games that long. <laughs> so yeah, I, I cannot get this question. Let me ask you this question. What were your feelings on Breath of the Wild? How long did you play that game? I didn't like Breath of the Wild. Yes, yeah, like we're so in sync. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of people that get very frustrated when I bring this I up. Know. And yet you keep bringing it up. I keep bringing it up. But I think that, I think that there's a silent group of folks, <laughs> like Danish and me, who for whom this game is is going to be perfection because it kind yeah. of going to like be a revelation <laughs> as to why Breath of the Wild is great. You know, <laughs> um, I, I I don't want to overstate it. I, I didn't hate Breath of the Wild. I liked it fine, but I think I'm with you where uh, I enjoyed my time with it. I danished that game real quick, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't begrudge anybody for liking it. Uh, I think it's very well done and it's great, great game. You know, but uh, <laughs> you guys are both I want to. I want to. Be, I want to further clarify what Danishing a game means, at least to me. You know, okay. I mean, I'm in the presence of the actual Danish, so you can <laughs> you can correct me. But to me, Danishing a game means like not taking anything away from that game. Like yeah, exactly I, that. That I played exactly as much as I wanted to, and I got my money's worth. And I yes, it, it was this a game was filling. Yes, it was. I'm, I'm moving on from the game with no regrets because. The 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 time those shorts that I put into it yeah. is exactly commensurate with the joy that I expected <laughs> to get. Exactly, well said. I will say that if I started playing a game and I hated it, that would and stopped playing it, that would not be damaging a game. That is not what. We're, so yes, I think we're on the same page. I think we have it clarified. Yeah, um, but anyway, uh, Immortals. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> Immortals is not that for either. I I was playing it all break. Yeah. I'm so in love with it. I like want to do everything. I, you know, anyway, go on. Tell me, I, people have heard me talk about the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have that much more to add. I think, I think I echo everything you're saying. It's every little piece of it is really fun. And, 
And I think the writing is great and performances are great. Like it's just a fun world to be in. And um, I guess my only, hmm, my only nitpick of it would be that uh, so overall the the big difference, but like the big kind of breath of the wild style is that there are no icons on the map. It's the anti Ubisoft game, right? You have to like look at something and find it to, to ping it. And I think that's great. Um, but the downside of that is like, I really trying to find that damn loot, like that la- the last musical, you know, thing. And I just can't find it. And that's annoying. Yeah. I, wish I, I wish I could just do it. Um, so that's a little annoying, but you know, that's like a nitpick. Well, um, you can, right. It's just the internet. Like, you oh can, yeah, you can find it. I haven't, uh, well, we'll get to that later. Uh, I did not look up anything for immortals, uh, but I'm not above looking up shit on the internet. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I find myself in that game uh, not just pinging stuff when I'm on the top of the ping mountains or the statues, I guess. I ping stuff anytime I can see a lot. I'm like constantly like, oh, let's see what I can ping now. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 but actually, I understand you know, I, that thing too, but about like, oh, what's the, where's that last musical yeah. note thing? Yeah. Um, actually, I do have one minor to pick it too. It's the control. And it's funny you're talking about paddles. I kind of wish I had paddles for this game because I was never really super comfortable with the controls and I tried to remap them, but they have this thing because the buttons do so many different things that if you go into the custom remapping and you try to change something, it like errors out a bunch of them, like, oh, well, be careful because this button's also using that. And I was like, look, all I want is everything on the right bumper to be Y and everything yeah. on the left bumper yeah. to be X. And I want yeah. those to be That's all I want. I couldn't, I spent like 10 minutes in the menu. I couldn't figure it out because it just started a cascade of conflict. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in, t- I was like, I'm in too deep. And then I had to reset it. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me, let's rethink this. Started over. Okay. Now this, and I do, it was like his own puzzle game that I couldn't figure <laughs> out. But I eventually just gave up and I like, okay, I'm just going to stick with it. But it I wish weird, they don't let you just like, you know, have a stack of functions that are all assigned to this button and just move all that stack into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. It's a game that I, I understand why a lot of games have uh, shoulder button combat now because they want you to be able to keep both thumbs on the sticks. Um, and I think that's what makes paddles so great. But because paddles aren't ubiquitous yet, we are in this world where it's a lot of shoulder um, button combat. And I don't think Immortals needs it. Like, it's not that style of game to me where I feel like it would be bad with, like, you, you're not constantly needing to have both. Right. thumbs on the sticks at all times like in some games you are so i am curious about that i wonder if they almost just left it because that's what assassin's creed was and that kind of makes sense but yeah when you go in and try to change it um especially if you want to just dive in it's overwhelming it would be funny if you did get gear out of that like success you did it you get some what I, I prefer attack on the x button or the you know y button or whatever yes but i've i've really gotten used to the shoulder buttons being the attack buttons. And maybe it's because I pick up my finger guys. Maybe it's because I pick well, up my finger. You know, I would also have been fine with it. The only problem is uh, I've been playing a ton of ghost of Tsushima and I've been replaying Jedi fallen order. Both of those games have the identical layout X for light attack, Y for heavy attack, B for dodge. And now there's this third game I'm playing that's this has the same functions, but on different buttons. Yeah, that's and so it's like, with your oh. brain. 
yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the issue. I think that if I was just playing it by itself, and like I said, that's taking up the majority of my time now, so I have gotten used to it. But anyway, it was just that that controller config was baffling. Yeah, yeah, not not cool. Uh, one one last quick thing about Immortals, just because I've been playing a lot of it too, and that is, uh, I f- I finally got to a uh, a a vault, a Tartarus vault that I tapped out on. Oh uh, wow! And I'm gonna go back to it, but it was a pure uh, like um combat plat- or? platforming oh. no pure platforming challenge uh with lasers moving oh. everywhere Do you i know think what I- i'm talking about on the far east of the map uh on an island on the far east of the map it's a three difficulty level one which usually i'm i don't really have tons of problems with but this is the one i, I even went back and like bought the the upgrade that lets you be impervious to lasers when you use yeah. the sh- the shield thing just to do that and it's it's still i was just like i need a break from this i must have spent an hour trying to get past that one thing and i was just like "Ah, i'm tapping out it was the first time i've tapped out Uh, i want to go back and try it again but dude it was it's it was tricky i had a hard time with it i have two things to add uh one i don't think i played that exact one but i did do one of the like daily challenges and one of them was exactly like that except um i think part of the special rules was you had infinite stamina. And so basically you were just like hovering mm-hmm. and boosting and hovering and boosting, but, and you had to get it done under a minute for like, um, you know, the gold or whatever. It yeah. took me like eight minutes. I'm like, Oh my God, how do you get <laughs> under a minute? And so I tried it a couple of times and I got it down to like five minutes, but like, okay, forget this. Um, the other thing is you're talking about like kind of beating your head against the wall for an hour. Obviously, we all do that with all video games. Sometimes like a, would it be a boss battle or, or whatever? Like you play a game for a long time, you try to beat it. Um, it's funny thing about immortals is I have a, that perk where every 20 minutes you get like an extra revive. Yes. yes. And so it's, good. It's, it's great. But what's also like a side effect of that is now I know lo- how long every boss encounter takes. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there, I think it was one of the ones like the, the, the flaw, like this bird, like, vulture boss whatever and um i was I, I had that thing ready to go and it was my first time doing it and that's the thing that kind of sucks is like you can't choose when to use it it's just, it just just happens or doesn't um so the first I, I had it ready to go i died got rezzed died like okay now i get back into it i start learning the patterns i see that thing slowly filling back up it's been 20 minutes it's like and I'm thinking, my God, if I play this thing for an hour, I look down halfway there. Like, no, it's only been 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, finally, I'm like, this is it. I'm, get, I'm getting the boss down to like almost nothing but then dying. And I just know, okay, this is great. As soon as that res comes back, I'm going to beat it easily because I'm almost there. So it comes back. I'm like, here we go. It was the worst run. I died almost instantly. <laughs> I had nothing left. And I'm like, well, no, now, now I don't know. Ugh. And then I, I finally... I died, rezzed, and then beat it on my second life bar finally. But it was just a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. But, um, That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I wish – my only other wish for that game, I think, is that I wish it leaned into the stealth a little more in an Assassin's creed way because the stealth is there basically to give you the first hit. Yeah, and I, wish, I totally agree. I wish, I wish I could, like, lose their scent – uh, or they would lose my scent, you know, in the way that in Assassin's Creed, like if you, you know, right. duck in the bushes and they don't see you long enough, they'll, you can re-stealth. I wish it allowed you to do that because it doesn't really ever, you can stealth up to them, smack them one time, but then it's, it's on. And 
God help you if there's any, you know, harpies floating around because you're just no, there's no stealth. There's no stealth possibility. So have you, tried uh, I, that? I, have you gone invisible and do they still remember you like after you come back? Uh, I haven't done the like actually leave the area and come back. But I well, think that the area I, that there's like basically you can use your bird to make you invisible. That's right. Like I haven't tried yeah. it, but I, I always wondered, like, I tried if I do that, will they lose my scent or not? So Maybe. I don't know. I haven't even thought to do that, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but you're anyway, like, great game. Your, your point's valid, though. I don't use stealth ever anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's uh, Phoenix Rising. So what else is on your playlist? Um, well, let's talk about um, let's talk about Call of the Sea. I actually played that yeah. because I saw it on your list, and it was on my <laughs> list for a while. And I was well, like... <laughs> This I, is like, why our list is the same is because you told me a game yeah. to play, which I played because you're playing it, and now you're playing a game which I'm playing. So there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oops, how well. Um, and I mean, it helps that both the that that it's on Game Pass. I mean, there's no reason not right. to. Exactly. Um, it's an awesome game. It's it's a first person narrative style game, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, there hasn't been one in a while that's really grabbed me. I guess last year there was a game called Observation which is one of my favorite games. It, it wasn't like, it, I think it came out in 2019. So it wasn't like a 2020 game, but it, I played it last year and it was, it was phenomenal. Um, it was from the, I think it's the art director of Alien Isolation. And it's basically an entire game. that's all about, uh, you will play as an AI and you, all you're doing is like switching camera feeds and unlocking doors and solving things. And while the human is kind of going around, um, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. I think that's also on Game Pass. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I played a game like this and it's just really nice. I love the atmosphere. I love the setting. It's like a thirties sort of like, uh, you know, adventure, like an old timey adventure novel, like, a you know, yeah, it's not really swashbuckling, but that kind of feeling of like, you're off on this voyage and this, uh, and there's just mysteries and this mysterious Island. It's just like a, a really, really cool, really cool game. I like the attitude of the protagonist. You play as this like plucky woman who's off to find her lost husband. And she's just, just indefatigable. She's just completely uh, positive all the time. You know, she's on this, what I would, where I would be absolutely terrified. This, this Island where that's clearly lots of scary stuff there. She arrives and immediately finds weapons and like, you know, her husband is missing, but she's like, Oh, Oh, you lovable scamp, Henry. You know, <laughs> yeah. Also, the game is really colorful. And it's like, yeah. you're never really like in, I don't know. I never felt like in danger, but it's it's all in the spirit of this high adventure, you know? Yeah. I, I think you'll find, dear listener, that my lists, such as they are, the, the, the things that I've been taking up my time this week are all things that are, um, let's just say, uh, uh, allow me to sort of zone out and be in a be, be in a place that's not violent or threatening or terrible in any way. It's just sort of like these games about having order in the world. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and uh Call of the Sea was that it's it's basically just a puzzle game. It didn't really capture me, especially not as much as the game you recommended to me, which is kind of what I was looking for from Call of the Sea. Uh I like Call of the Sea, but it, it's kind of it's slow paced and it it's slow. I don't know. The first person perspective is was fine, but and I, I agree. I think the world is beautiful and colorful, but um, ultimately, I was like, I kind of wish this was in VR. I know that's a dumb oh thing to say. I say it a lot, no, no, but I, 
Seriously, I thought the same thing. Here's the thing about that game is that because it's slow paced and you're taking in these um, vistas and, and like this location and the graphics are great and colorful and vibrant, but you know, it's, it's pretty stylized. It's not like super high fidelity. And right. so either you make it like the most gorgeous next gen, you know, ray traced goodness where like everything just comes alive and you really feel like you're there or you keep it stylized and you put it in VR. I think it, it totally was missing a little bit of that extra special sauce for me as well. Like I, I liked it overall, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit slow. The puzzles are either a little too easy or really hard. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how, how far did you, I'm like in chapter four, I think. How far oh, you got you farther than me. I only got to chapter three. Yeah. And by then I was like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm in love with this. And then you recommended a game for me to play and I yeah. fell in love with that game. So, all right, well, let's, let's talk about that then. Yeah. You want to go It's ahead? called, uh, there is no game wrong dimension. Why don't you talk about it? You, you're the one who brought it to my attention. Well, I guess, okay. So this, I got this from, uh, I think it was a Kotaku list of, uh, you know, best games of 2020 that you probably haven't heard of or, or something like that. And this was definitely one that kind of flew under my radar, super indie game. It's a puzzle game basically made by like one guy, I think. And, um, it's just really clever because it's kind of the things it's funny. I, I have this affinity to it because it's the kind of thing that I would make the kind of games that I would make. When I was like 14, I would like sit down on my computer and like, let's see, I'll make a game. And I just make up something. And it's like, I, there's no plot. There's no story. It's just the game for game's sake, you know? And that's what this sort of is. It's like the whole premise of the game is to try to play the game. And you start it up and like, you can't press start. And like, there's a narrator trying to stop you, like saying, hey, there's no game here. Why don't you just quit? And uh, there's even little funny things I like where... Uh, in every other game, when there's a little loading icon and says, you know, don't turn, don't turn your game off when you see this icon. This game, it says, be sure to turn your game off when you see this icon. Otherwise, you won't corrupt your save file. Like, it's like everything's kind of backwards and flipped trying to get you to not play it. So, but within that are these puzzles. And um, they're very unique fourth wall breaking puzzles. I mean, it's there's no other way to describe it. Like, Tell me what your experience was like. I didn't really tell you much about this game. I just said, hey, check this out. It's pretty clever. Like, what did you yeah. expect going into it? And like, what was your reaction to it? Well, I was intrigued by the there is no game, right? The, yeah, the title yeah. is there is no game. So I kind of thought we were we were going to get into this kind of meta place. And it is, you're right. It's it. The entire game is fourth wall breaking and it's clever. I would, I think, reference maybe the Stanley parable yeah, or something similar. Um, but it is... It is definitely for for people of a certain generation that grew up playing certain kinds of games, right? Yeah. It's 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 nostalgia because you're sitting in front of theoretically in the game, you're sitting in front of a computer trying to play something of a certain era. You know, it is all uh, pixel graphics and very much uh, old like Lucasfilm, Lucas Arts, point and click adventure games and. Even when it becomes something that it isn't, it isn't that it's still using that as the main way that you solve puzzles, right. like how the old games used to be. Um, and so my experience playing this game. So it, like you said, it, you sit down and you start playing it and it's like, don't play this game. P please quit. Please press quit. Please stop playing. And there's this very charming voiceover that very unusual, heavy, uh, French accent. A character that is the game trying to prevent you from playing it and i dug it 
But the first chapter is all about sort of interacting with the interface and breaking the interface in certain ways to try to like just start the game. And I found it clever, but it wasn't until chapter two where I was like, oh, I love this game. Yeah. Uh, chapter two and chapter three, that's as far as I've gotten. I'm at the, uh, I just finished chapter three. Uh, I don't know how much more there is, but uh, dude, that's when I went, oh, I love this. Cause the, I think the puzzles got a little more sophisticated and interesting. And the, the like direct reference to specific kinds of games and, and it, it beca- I don't even want to spoil it because Christian, I think you would really dig this game. I do. I think you should play it. Yeah, it's been, I, I've, it's been there taunting me for a while. Um, I, I just question like, and may, I'll give it a try. To me, when I read about it and, and had it sitting on my computer, it's like uh, dancing between charm and frustration. Like, will I like this? Or like, you, <laughs> will this make well, me angry? It actually has a really great hint system. So I, which I used a, a bunch of times, like, um, so I don't think it's ever, I mean, I would say it's never frustrating as long as you're okay with, all right, okay. I've been, I've been staring at this thing for a couple of minutes. What's the thing. And it's got like tiered hints, kind of like how the, um, monkey Island remake did. Uh, so it's like, okay, just give me like a vague. Okay, good. I think that's all I needed. Let me go on. So that's, I think and it really has a time. Hard. There's a time limit. You can't just click through all of the hints. It like forces you to wait and think about the first hint. I've never, I've only used the hint twice so far and both times the first level of the hint was enough for me to go, oh yeah, okay. Um, And it was oblique, right? It wasn't like, this is the solution. Um, But the puzzles themselves are really, really clever. It's all about breaking stuff and using things in ways that are not supposed to be used. In fact, my only gripe with the game, I think, is that sometimes it tells me the solution a little too overtly or it'll yeah. like the narrator will just say something like, yes. wow, you should, maybe that would be useful. It's like, I don't say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That I, um, my only nitpick is the narrator. I think I like the, I, I think I, I agree with you that the kind of accent is very charming and the delivery is charming. It, it gives it, it's a very indie feel. I think the narrator is the guy who made it. Like it's just, you know, so it's, mm. it's a little bit on the amateurish side of voice acting, but you know, not bad at all. But I do think that it, like for those reasons, like kind of the script of like saying too much, but also sometimes the delivery almost tramples the joke or like if I read it, it's really funny, but just the delivery doesn't quite nail it. So, I mean, I I don't hold anything. Guy who made it. I don't think it's the guy who made it because I think the delivery sometimes doesn't get what the guy who wrote it was trying to do. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 12 bucks on steam and if you're into puzzles puzzle games i think this is a super win if you ever played an old you know point and click king's quest or uh secret of monkey island or any of those kinds of games and you have a nostalgia for that it really brings those back in a and i think uh, it's such a great way such a charming way it, it avoids a lot of the pitfalls of those games and the solutions are almost always really charming really interesting outside the box things. And the second chapter in particular, the third chapter is awesome, but the second chapter in particular, I think by far shines the brightest for me because it, it has this mechanic. I don't even want to spoil it, but it has this mechanic where like you literally rotate the monitor 
and you're looking at all sides of the monitor of the computer and there's stuff on different sides of the monitor and you like break through the back of the monitor so you can see the behind the scene. It's so clever. Yeah. And I just loved how it makes a lot out of a little. It really, um, and then the third chapter, I mean, it figures out how to do like boss fights and stuff, but in the trappings of a point and click adventure game, it's yeah. really smart. Did you play through the third chapter twice? If you know what I mean? I'm that's what I'm on. Okay, uh, and I, I love the commentary, but I am not enjoying <laughs> I mean, you're not supposed to, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it, yeah, it has a, it, it makes it, I don't even want to spoil it for anybody, but it, yeah. it talks about something that we all know about in games and uh yeah yeah i highly recommend it it's awesome it's and i think i i finished it maybe in five hours or something like that how um, much more do i have left because i'm i'm like two more chapters through, two more you're chapters more, okay. you're more than you're more than halfway through yeah yeah it's that's just uh, uh, 15 right. life respawns in immortals that's nothing you know yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> again it's called there is no game wrong dimension uh, a gem. I find it to be a, a, a gem for 12 bucks on Steam. You can't go wrong. Uh, what else is on your playlist, Danish? Well, uh, let's, let's, uh, I have a lot to say about Wilmot's Warehouse. So why don't we, uh, we've been talking for a while. I, why don't we uh, throw to Christian? All right, Christian's been playing games that neither of us have been playing. So Christian, what's on your playlist? I have. I'll start with a short kind of just, huh, and then I'll get to other things that aren't, huh. So, you remember earlier or last year in this show, Star Wars Squadrons, you really loved it. Jeff in VR, everybody yes. seemed super excited about it. Um, I was trying to be the patient gamer and wait for it to come to Game Pass as part of EA Access coming to Game Pass. That got delayed for PC. Uh, I've become very impatient. And part of the reason why I bought a Series S was because of, I think, Game Pass's shortcomings on PC. Or not, maybe shortcomings isn't fair, but like things are delayed. It, it's a little frustrating. Um, I'm not as patient of a gamer as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when I got my Series S, I was like, oh, I can play Star Wars Squadrons now. Not in VR, but I, I still really wanted to play the game. So I logged in via EA Access for the 10-hour trial, and two annoyances for as wonderful as Game Pass is, and it is still, I love it so much, um, please sponsor the show, like, you and Doritos, you know, match, match in heaven for what we talk about. Um, it's hard to find the 10 hour previews on Game Pass. It's not like part of Game Pass. You have to go to the game and then click that you want the game. And then an option is like, do you just want the trial? But I'm, I'm the type of person that's scared to just click the get game button, you know, like credit card information, save, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to buy this game <laughs> hey can i help you with anything anything sir yeah i really want this but like not the version i pay for you know <laughs> um it's like the trials there and then i get the 10 hour trial and i guess the campaign's not that long because i did the tutorial missions i think of the campaign and then i get this big flat screen across the front and it's like congratulations buy the game to keep playing the campaign or go to training or multiplayer for the rest of your 10 hours. And that, it, it irked me because I was a subscriber to standalone EA access for a while. And I never remember anything like that, even for, you know, shorter single player games. It was like, go hog wild, whatever you can for 10 hours. Interesting. And so 
I don't know. Maybe there are other examples of it, but to me, it felt like an example of the layers of an onion of a subscription service. Or it's like, here's the game. You get it for free for being a member of the subscription. You get the first level for free. Now buy it. You know, I, so I don't know. I don't know if we're headed in that world, but it was my first glimpse of like, oh, there's not, I guess I could play the multiplayer, but that's not what I wanted to play. I also didn't pay for it. So, I mean, yes, but no, right? So it's hard to be too upset, but for anyone else who had been waiting and maybe hasn't uh, had that experience yet, that's what my experience was with it. Um, and then the game that I got a code for, it came out, just in a poor part of the year, in my opinion. I think it came out December 23rd. That's when I started playing it. Super Meat Boy Forever is finally out. Um, if you remember, Jeff, we've talked about Super Meat Boy a lot, uh, I think back on Week and Confirmed even. And then you and I, I think, played Forever at PAX 2010? I don't remember any time before the pandemic, so who knows? <laughs> it is a much-delayed game. That was originally announced as, uh, I think, mobile, and now it's out on Switch and PC. It's an uh, endless runner isn't quite the right phrase because you have end of levels, but a constant runner. And one, it came out just a really unfortunate time because Super Meat Boy, I think, is one of those goat-tier level platformers. I mean, it's hard as nails. They kind of pioneered. I mean, others have done it, but like N plus Super Meat Boy, Celeste, V V V V V. Like, there's a handful of them that are just withstand the test of time. And games done quick happening, and the speed runs you've seen on on Super Meat Boy, and then this game coming out after years of of delay and kind of coming out buried around the holidays. I think is really unfortunate because it's fascinating to me. I love Super Meat Boy, and this game, I don't think it's as good as Super Meat Boy, but I really respect the swing they took. So Super Meat Boy is a platformer, a precision platformer where you're you know, controlling Meat Boy as he goes along and stopping and starting, and so that really goes into play for speedrunning where you can get your momentum up and keep going, but I can sit there and study a trap for a while before you know I make my approach. In Super Meat Boy Forever, you're constantly running. So there's a lot of trial and error that goes into it where it's like, Oh, I haven't seen this screen yet. So my first time getting to this screen and there's 20 saws going. It's like, yeah, I you guess can't I not die. Right. You're just going to die. You learn by dying. You learn by die. It's like, I guess I jump. Nope. I guess I jump here. Nope. I guess I slide. Nope. I guess so I, it's, it's basically like bit trip runner then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's that it's that approach, but it, it it also now gives him a slide and a punch, which is new, uh, an interesting way to chain characters. And then I don't think Bit Trip was this way. Super Meat Boy Forever is um, it's it's not procedurally generated per se, and I forget I should have looked it up. But there's like X number of tiles, and the order in which you get them is different. So it's you know it's procedurally put together, but it's not wholly random because a platformer there's been a few of those and that gets really messy where it's like you can't you can't make it <laughs> you can't do it so here like the each board so to speak is is thought out but the way i run through a level i might have 20 saws spike pit 10 saws and when you play it it might be spike pit 30 saws wall bounce so i can't even necessarily go and watch a run through of somebody's you know one one to learn that rhythm because mine will be different. And again, 
super fascinating because what a way to approach this style of game. But then at times, very frustrating because <laughs> my little avatar is just running. I clear a thing. And then I don't know what the next thing is. <laughs> and then I'm trying to clear and I'm trying to clear that. And so I really admire the swing they took because it, it I, I talked about this with Last of Us 2. Um, very different genre here, but it doesn't feel like a safe sequel. It is not more super meat boy in that regard. And I think doing it as an air quote endless runner is really fascinating. Um so it's it's weird where I feel like I don't think it's as good. But I also think if Super Meat Boy didn't exist, I would love this game more, if that makes sense. Like, it's super fascinating in its own right, but I can't hold it apart from maybe one of the best of those of all time. And I, I'm i not sure what took so long. All right. But it's available, and I think a lot of people missed it. I think a lot of people, it's on Switch and PC right now. Uh, I'm playing on Switch. Um, I think a lot of people will really dig it. It's just just different enough it looks like super meat boy you know but it's not um but i really encourage people to try it out because i think there's a lot to like there it's just changing the mental approach to it of like oh this is what it is i'm going to die like you both mentioned like i will die and rerun it and die and rerun it and just know that going in and i think people will really like it yeah yeah i've never been a fan of the die by uh, learn by dying thing but you know, I think if you, you know, going in, that's the way it's going to be. I mean, that's literally just the structure of the game rather than what you come to realize about a game. There are games where you learn by dying because that's just ends up being how you play it. <laughs> you know, like there could have been a perfect way, but you, yeah, you're probably just going to have to die. Those are frustrating. But when it's like, oh, no, that's the whole that's the whole progression of Super Meat Boy is just forever. I mean, throw meat at the saw until you stop throwing meat at the saw. <laughs> yeah, I guess the difference between Super Meat Boy, which also you, there is a lot of dying and you see, you know, when you clear the stage, you get all the the little meats that that made it through and stuff like that. And yeah. forever is that you you can't stop in forever. So there was one tile I got to where I kept trying to make this jump or make this slide and then I didn't realize like, oh, I needed to wall bounce off this thing that i didn't really see or notice because i didn't have time to you know look at it and that would change my direction so then i could wall bounce off this other thing and then it was a very easy clear but it was just because he's just zipping in there i I don't have time to catch my breath but there's a lot to the game um like b-sides harder versions of levels multiple characters to unlock but yeah it is it is that you're gonna die (laughs) All right, what else is on your playlist? Uh, Destiny 2, which you don't need to talk about. I still love it. And then the other thing that I love and and also wish was, maybe this is kind of like Game Pass and EA uh, Access. Uh, as a subscriber to Apple Arcade, uh, Oceanhorn Chronos Dungeon came out this week, this past week. Um, and I love my Backbone controller on my phone. I've been using my phone a lot as a like a Switch replacement, basically, like, in my house using um, uh, remote play on my Xbox and on my PlayStation five is awesome to play those other games like on my couch or in bed or whatever, but Oceanhorn Cronus dungeon Oceanhorn is like the Zelda light game. Oceanhorn two, I think uh, was an Apple arcade exclusive kind of when it launched Oceanhorn Chronos dungeon 
is like a super NES style pixel art top-down dungeon crawler that's like gauntlet-esque that's meant to be played with friends really cool and compelling trailer i think it was like right up my alley i was like i have up arcade this is a no-brainer for me and it just doesn't quite nail it it just doesn't there's so much cool stuff in the game and going through these you know dungeon crawling and getting together with friends and having that that retro style experience but i think I tried it with a controller and without just using the touchscreen. And I find that the controls aren't quite tight enough to allow me to do, I feel like I was taking damage because the, I was fighting with the game and not because enemies were more difficult um, than I wanted them to be. But if you have Apple Arcade, it's super worth checking out because again, it's, it's free. My nit with Apple Arcade and and I think this is kind of a problem that the Wii had as well, or one of them. And I want to put more thought into this and maybe write about it some. If you have to make the game playable on a touchscreen, but then support a controller, are you always sacrificing one version of control? It's kind of like the Wii gave you a million different ways to play a lot of times. And it was like, well, what's the best way to play? And so here, when I see controller supported, I want to use my backbone. I love it. I'd prefer to play like that. Um, but then it's not tight enough, but then it has touch. It's like, it's hard to know what Apple Arcade games are broadly, yeah. right? Are they pick up and play and oh, I can do this while I'm in the bathroom or whatever? Or is it, I'm going to sit down and play this. And maybe their answer is it's all of them. You know, we have something for everybody. But then I think that makes selling the service a little harder for what the game is and how to find them and categorize them. So maybe it's a, a curation issue. Um, but Oceanhorn Chronos Dungeon, I would recommend people check it out if they have an Apple Arcade subscription, but I don't think it's a game that brings in new subscribers. All Do right. we have a review? Jeff, you did a sample. Danish, do you Apple Arcade at all? I did actually for a while. Um, I played a ton of Grindstone on my phone. That game is incredible. Um, so I did it. Yeah, I did a trial. I think I had it because I bought a new iPhone last year or whatever. Um, I stopped using it. I realized months later I was still paying for it. So I canceled it. But yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. I kind of hit that same thing of like, I don't really know what it's this for. This, I, I'm kind of with Jeff where I just do not like playing games on a phone. Um, Grindstone was like the one exception where it just worked really well and it was really fun and had short games and everything. Um, but yeah, that's not my thing. And also I think there is a little bit of confusion on the Apple store or the Apple arcade, but like what kind of experiences it is. And, and you're right. I think it's everything, but that just makes yeah. it harder to wrap your head around. Yeah. It's like, do you like pathless? What a great game. It's on Apple arcade. Do you like, um, what was the, we both Cyanar played. wild hearts. That's yeah, one I Cyanar, put on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on Apple arcade. Uh, ocean on Corona center. That's Apple arcade. Okay. Where? How? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just weird. Yeah, poorly implemented. One hopes that if this, you know, if this idea of a uh, an Apple TV that is a game console or more of a game console or has that front and center is a reality, that they'll get their act together and kind of reorganize it and make it make more sense. But yeah, as of right now, I just I'm just not interested in Apple Arcade, which is a bummer because. It, clearly there's a lot of really cool experiences there. And I just, I'm just not, I don't even go there in my mind. Well, I think the a thing a lot of people have with 
gaming on their phone is that that's not what their phone is. Like there's a million other time wasters on your phone, you know, absolutely. And I don't want to, I'm always conscious of my battery going away when I'm gaming on my phone. It's a dumb thing, but I'm always conscious of it. I'm always like, TikTok, TikTok, you know, it's, I can't TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, what does a call or text do to your game? Like it's, there's question marks, you know, in those experiences that aren't super casual where it's like, I I have to be able to throw my phone away in seconds and not care about losing any progress because my phone is a million other things that I might need to get to. So am I okay being engrossed in this thing? That's one of the most freeing things I had for a while was my, when I bought a used Pixel 2, and that was not a phone. Right. It yeah. Was, but it's the, it was a console. It, it was the whole jet purpose. Console. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, in the chat, uh, Game Jumper X says that uh, uh, Ocean Horn 2 was not as good as I wanted. So, That's Ocean Horn 2, which is a different game. Oh, I'm sorry. Ocean Horn 2. Pardon me. I thought that was the. Yes, you're right. Yeah, this That's is like Ocean Horn uh chronos dungeon is kind of like the um oh poo. it's like a spinoff right it's doing a, it's doing a it's different like kind remake, of like yeah. a kind of thing of yeah, like this big game yeah okay uh all right uh dennis let's talk about wilmot's warehouse okay. which i was so, trying to find i got an email about this game from somebody and i can't find it somebody was recommending it but anyway go ahead all right i want this is a challenge to you jeff i want you to describe this game and make it sound fun. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. Um, imagine working in an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> imagine doing what people do all day long and probably don't particularly enjoy. Yeah, it is It it is an organizational game. It is a pure organizational game. Very simplistic graphics. What You are a person working in a warehouse. You get deliveries of different kinds of items that are all little icons little square icons and you can move them and pick them up in various formations uh almost think tetris because these little individual cubes these little individual squares can fit together in sort of tetris like combinations and you can grab them in those shapes uh and you put them in different stacks and then you have or people wanting some of them and you give them to those people and uh and the the fun comes in like the fact that there are some things that fit into multiple categories and you can sort of be creative on how you pack things together but it i feel like this game is built for a very specific mind yeah and i'm not sure mine is that mine oh, really oh wow <laughs> yeah. okay all right so i played this game a couple nights ago and um, I heard, I, I heard about it for so long and it looks cool. I tried it and I went through like waves of illumination about what this game is, <laughs> waves of strategy and waves of addiction. Oh, wow. So, so this game like struck to some deep, deep part of my psyche that I was like, I I can't play this game. This game will wreck my life. This is <laughs> I'm so addicted to this. Okay. So the, the the tutorial is like, hey, group these four things. This one looks like uh, you know, things that belong in summer. This belongs in winter, whatever. Like little icons, the sun, you know, grass or a flower or whatever. Um so I'm like, okay. So I didn't really know what the game was when I started playing it. 
And then eventually you get the delivery and it doesn't tell you that there's going to be orders. Well, at least I missed it. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess I just order these how I feel like I should, like the tutorial told me. Eventually people start giving orders like, oh, okay, I get it. I got to stack them so that then I can quickly give them to the orders. Then the the number of deliveries start piling up and there's very little room to put them in. And you have to start like sectioning them off. It's like a time crunch of like, okay, well, if, if I had unlimited time, I would do this, yeah. and this but I can't. I have to this do it. Point at which it like the game. Yeah. This is the point at which it became stressful. And like this like serene little, like everything goes in its little spot. Yeah, that yeah. becomes tick tock, tick tock. The, the clock is, is winding down and everything is in complete disarray. <laughs> I had this like really horrible moment where as I was like doing this, because actually eventually you do get like, the, I think it's the start of the second day. You have like downtime to do it without a timer. You can kind right. of reset for the next thing. But before that, I didn't know that was coming. And I was doing it I'm like, God, it, I, because this is literally a job, like you are doing a job. And it reminded me of working and my mind, this, this just, this like depressed me so much. My mind switched to like, I got to stay late. I got to stay late. And like, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if I could just like get this stuff done on my off time. Is there like a <laughs> off hours thing? It's so, so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. And then luck. And then like the next morning, it's like, Hey, you can arrange it. I'm like, hell yes. And then I started arranging it into different things. It's like, you got a lunch hour, but you can use it to work. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm staying yeah. for lunch. Like, <laughs> this is so bad. This is so, and as, as I'm, as this is all happening and then I'm like, Oh, if I did this, Oh my God. If I made little like alleyways in my stacks, I can actually, I don't have to follow their pre-described alleyways. It reminded me of that one Simpsons episode where he starts working from home and he has to vent nuclear gas or whatever. And he's like, to vent gas to prevent meltdown? Y E S. Enter. And then later he figures out he can just hit Y. It's like, wow, my productivity is tripled. That's like <laughs> I had so many moments like that. Like, oh my God. I can pick up more things on my way to them and then stack them. It was bad. It was bad. Like, I mean, I love this game. I love this game. I'm addicted to it. I can't stop thinking about it. But like, this is not healthy for me <laughs> to this game. Could you get <laughs> back to it because i'm waiting on my package like it's a day late um, it's this game is brilliant because i've never there's never i've never experienced anything quite like it it is a truly unique kind of experience and it's it's like i think you describe it really well danish in that it, it like tweaks this this feeling you go oh my gosh I like having everything in its place and it feels good. It feels orderly. And then it goes, Oh, guess what? You can't feel that. You won't, we won't let you feel that. And it's like, no. And then that's when it feels tense. And you go, okay, you're just striving to get back to that place where everything can be okay. (laughs) You know? And also (laughs) it uses like um, skill trees in, uh, it's just, it's crazy. Like they, they, they have things where like, okay, if you, get your orders in really fast. You can start accruing stars and you can spend those stars on a dash move. Like I can quickly dash back to the truck to get more stuff or like, <laughs> it's like, stupidest, like mundane things, yeah. but like, I'm really excited when I get them. There's, you can make more space. You can carry more items. It's like, I just feel like a game that was built for like communist Russia, you know, in the, you know, it's like, be better worker. You get dash to run back to work. You can work more. Yes. You know, it's, 
It's amazing. And I'll, they should do this, like, because um, there's actually a Fog of War. It's a top-down 2D graphical game, very simplistic. But they do a Fog of War sort of thing around you where you can't actually see what icons are in the corner. Yeah. So, like, so it, it behooves you to organize them and remember them. And so right. it's like, I know I have all my summer icons in the top right. I know I have my toys icons in the bottom left. And eventually you can unlock a map. Do you have to go to the top to use the map? So I, I don't like that. And <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, I hate this game. It's Fog just- of War thing is, is a brilliant thing really? that I feel like in designing that game, I would never come to that. Yeah. Like it's such a, it's such a, com- a, a massive impact on how you play and just like the the leap in the mind to go oh you don't get to see what's deep in the stack unless you're right up next to it yeah. it's such a brilliant idea and then like you because then you have to find solutions to like i think that's yeah. what really gets to me about this game is that i mean working in a creative field or, or any like a lot of jobs um the thing i love about my job is finding solutions like creative problem solving and that's what this game distills down. It gives you a problem and there's no rules because really the only thing you're doing is organizing boxes. And so, <laughs> again, this is really for fun, for, for fun. fun. <laughs> and um, I play this game to like three in the morning one night. Anyway, um, and so the, because that's all you're doing, there's so many ways for you to be creative. Like, for example... Yeah. I had one thing where like, okay, well, what if I, instead of stacking them in two rows, what if I had make like a really long row of like 15 boxes? So then I have this single channel down the center where I can go down to the truck. But then because I'm near each one, I know that that whole entire row is, you know, stars or ladybugs or whatever. And it's like, well, that that doesn't work because sometimes I need two stacks of them. And I don't have, and I can't rotate when I have that long. It's all these things. It's like, and it's all about efficiency. It's like going back to your Russia. It's all about efficiency. If I could just yeah. be more efficient, I can get more stars. This game is devious. devious. It's one of those games that talking about it makes you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> yes, exactly. It really, it really does. That's why, really, that's why I started with the challenge of like, how do you explain this game? It sounds appealing in any way. Yeah, we talked about this game. Like a year and a half ago, Jeff. I don't remember if you remember. Are you sure? Yep. I have no memory of that. A friend of ours had on a job, and uh, this friend loves Tetris and loves games like this. And he looked at this, and he goes, "Oh no, this game would be a problem for me." Wow, well, <laughs> I don't remember that. I had to push it away because it was like, "I'm not coming out of this." <laughs> like Is it tapped you, into all. You of would those. play, Christian? No, no. For the same, it's like I would not play anything else. Like. <laughs> I, w- I was very excited about i think it was an, like an idgf no that's the apple thing idfa what's the indie games it, it was like it got started getting like talked about mid 2019 if i remember correctly it came out summer 2019 and it, it was like yeah like i like these styles of games but they are dangerous <laughs> yeah fascinating game and it's on game pass so there's no reason not to try it other than Perhaps your compulsion. Your life. Yeah. It's also yeah. on Switch. You can take it with you. You don't. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's called, it's called Wilmot's Warehouse. Uh, and you'll know it when you see it. It doesn't look like anything else. It doesn't play like anything else. It is its own unique thing. A very, very interesting game. This is the first game that uh, I might have to force myself to Danish. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I, I For me, I once it got to the like the stress part, I was like, I don't. 
I I was totally into it because I like I said this whole week I was just looking for experiences, video game experiences that would just let me sort of zen out and be cool. I played a ton of Tetris Effect in VR this week. Oh, just yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, it just feels nice. Just want to like zone out. And, and as soon as this game was like, well, no, I'm not going to let you zone out. I'm not just stressed <laughs> about all this stuff. I was like, no, oh, I can't. I can't. Uh, so, all right. Um, let's, what do you, what do you guys feel like? Do you want to talk uh, VR Danish or tabletop time? Um. You know, I don't have like I just been playing some gay board games with my with my kids. Uh, I don't have a lot. Uh, we can do some VR. I'm curious about uh, some of the VR stuff you talked about. Mentioned. Like, All right, let's do it. All right, it's time to talk about some of the VR experiences, and I have been trying to stay out of the regular r and into the vr uh, a little bit this week so dennis tell me what you have been playing in vr so uh, this whole summer i have been playing a ton of supernatural the workout app mm. uh, I, I know you guys talked about it on the show uh christian was it you or jeff which one of you were doing it i i played it i had the subscription got um i even i think maybe you got it when you get the subscription but i bought like two of those sweat liners yeah um, and I was really into it for about two months and then I just started feeling gross in VR. Like I just couldn't, like I'd get out and, uh, I was in a room and just like as wood floors and I'd be like, Ugh, yeah, that's not like this. <laughs> I, it's, it's going to get me, it's going to be the thing that gets me to buy a quest two, just so I can make the quest one, my workout quest. And then the quest two, <laughs> my gaming quest. You've got to um, buy one of those. You don't have one of those sleeves. I mean, it why? was a godsend. You, you have two quests. Why is one of them soggy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The, the, I have that sleeve thing, but like, it makes it worse because oh. <laughs> it doesn't absorb any. Like, it's just, I, I, it makes it worse. So basically, I just want my own foam insert that's just for working out. But anyway, yeah. I, I really like it. Um, I basically, I tried the 30-day free trial. Um, I let it keep going and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm doing this for a year. And then <laughs> just kept with it. And I do, I do like that there's daily, like th it's pretty expensive. It's like the cost of a gym work, you know, membership kind of, but you constantly get new tracks. You constantly get new things to do. Um, the coaches at first I thought were a little bit annoying, but they grew on me and I kind of appreciate them. And um, the thing that really keeps me going with it though, is the social aspect of it, which is, super bare bones i wish there was more but me and my actually my friend co-host uh dan wyland from someone should make this we have both been doing supernatural and we've been like seeing each other's scores and it's always so close like he just beat me by 20 points or i okay i gotta try really hard and i like swinging extra hard and doing these things for anyone who doesn't know basically it's just beat saber but with a workout sort of lean to it where it's um, more squats, more this and that. And you have the work, the guy telling you to do things. Um, but yeah, I, I actually end up really liking it and I, I do it, you know, a few times a week. My, a couple of nitpicks is like, it gets your heart racing. So it's good for cardio. It's really not good for anything else uh, other than your shoulders. <laughs> like it just wrecks your shoulders because <laughs> the way you're swinging things around like in beat saber. And so, like, I wish there was some, I mean, I guess they have, like, if, 
I don't, there's no way to do it without sensors on your like legs, but like if there's any other way to do anything, I wish well, you was- do. It does have you do like squats. Yeah. You know, it's like hold through the triangle. I think for me, the other thing aside from just like the feeling gross, cause I felt isolated, but then also gross is that we got a Peloton and that those are expensive. Yeah. Um, but it was something that like my wife also wanted to use. And I looked at like the ongoing cost of a Peloton and an ongoing cost of supernatural. And was like, Oh, this gets pretty similar, pretty quick. And like the ongoing cost, the upfront cost of a bike is way more than a VR headset. But that had so much more other content. Like we had the bike and we could do strength stuff and yoga stuff. And, um, that that other type of content that comes into it. And then the other part of it, and I think it was the VRness of it, is like I and maybe my I'm think I'm playing a video game. I found myself gaming it. Like I was the kid on the power pad going like instead of running, you know, it was like, I'm not gonna do a squat through this thing. I can kind of just eh, like bend to clear the so I pictured just like You're only cheating yourself, yeah. Christian. Well, I was my my back was like I was wrecking my form. I wasn't doing things properly because I wanted to you know get under the triangle coming at me fast and then get over to this other thing. Um, so I found I felt like my form was breaking down and there was no way for me to see it. And I think that's where I'd want mm. trackers somewhere else than my right. hands. Right. Yeah. There's what I really love is like my friend will text me and it's like, oh, today's workout is actually really awesome. And so I'm like, oh, great. And it was like classical music, like 1812 overture, like that sort of stuff. It's like, wow, it was like awesome. And then like New Year's, uh, yeah, New Year's Eve, I did one that was like really cool. It had almost like a narrative where like every song, like the sun is setting a little bit more and more in different like worlds that you go to. And I I texted him and I'm like, wow, you know, the, the New Year's Eve one's really good. And so once in a while, like, we'll kind of say, Hey, this is a good one. Like he texted me like a few weeks ago, like today's absolutely destroyed me, you know, <laughs> good luck, you know? And like, Oh, okay. Well, let's see. Like, maybe I can. So I think that does really need that. Um, that's kind of why I'm sticking with it uh, is just like that socialist, but I wish they did more with it. I wish they, I could yeah. see their performance or like there's more metrics and stuff, but anyway, yeah. Supernatural is kind of my many, ongoing thing. I wonder how many people, oh, how big the community is. It's, 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 Interesting. It sounds like it's pretty big. Yeah, that's that's encouraging. I think that's awesome. Um, I love the vistas. Sorry, I I love like that was one of my favorite parts of like before I got gross. It's like you're on top of a lava field or like in Iceland, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. That part of it was, and you do the 360, and it's like, whoa, yeah, the waterfall's behind me or whatever. Really, really cool. I also have a Peloton and also got it because my wife wanted it. We got it. I got it for her for our anniversary and yes, very expensive, but also uh, I have found myself definitely responding way more than I thought I would to the gamification stuff. I never thought I would care. And I don't even, I'm doing it against strangers, right? I don't even have the like buddy who, I are comparing scores with if, if I had that, I don't even know. I mean, I'm right. I, don't, here. I haven't heard of anyone else. Who have one, so yeah. Yeah. No, if you guys know of anyone, literally anyone that I, that I care you know, I, about, I might go straight like. to the Peloton. Like I, this, I, I've actually kind of sounds interesting. So maybe like supernatural Dude, is kind of my baby step to the Peloton. So I, I mean, I, I don't want to discourage you on supernatural. It sounds cool, but I am sure. And this isn't a Peloton ad. I wish they would sponsor us honestly. Cause I would say positive things, but I, completely resisted it 
my wife was like, we should get a Peloton. We should get a Peloton. We should get a Peloton. I'm like, I have no desire to do that. I run because it gets me outside. Like that's why one of the reasons I want to run is that to go out into the world and see the world and breathe fresh air and come back home. And there's nothing cheaper than running. I just have shoes and that's all I need. And I can go and this is super expensive and I just, I don't want it. I don't need it, but she wanted it. And I was like, okay, well, we're in a pandemic that changed a lot. Can't really go out and run. And at least in LA, you know, it's literally stepping outside my house in Los Angeles right now is taking my life in my hands. So that changed a lot too. And it's like, okay, well, it makes more sense. And my wife wants one. So I'm going to splurge. We're going to get one for uh, anniversary. Well, guess who's the one who's using it way more me. I have fallen in love with the, the process. Like I, I'm, I've become a numbers guy. Like I want my number to go up. I want to see how I rank against all the other strangers doing this thing. I haven't even taken a single live class yet, which is really where you get competitive. I'm just ranking myself against all the people that have taken these pre-recorded classes. And I just never thought I would care about any of that stuff, but I'm constantly like 10 seconds left to go or whatever, 30 seconds left to go. They're like, okay, well, here's cool down. Everybody slow down. I'm like, no, that's when I <laughs> burn hard and try to yeah. boost up my score. You know, it's like ridiculous gamification stuff that I'm. Yeah. You should do. Uh, do you now we're on the uh, Peloton part. Um, have you done power zone rides? Have you done your FTP test and stuff like that? No, I haven't because I don't want to go back. I don't want to do the first one, which is just sort of like, you don't have to, you can jump in. There's an on-demand FTP test. You can do a 10 minute warm up ride, then do your FTP. And what's great about power zone as a former athlete, um, it's, it's training based to you. So leaderboarding, it doesn't matter. It's your own numbers. Cause you're in within mm-hmm. a training window. So like you and I can do the same workout and it will kick our butts equally. Um, right. because we're in our band and it's displayed on your screen. So they'll be like, get into zone five. And, um, Supernatural does stuff like this too, where, but it doesn't quite have like you're mentioning, Danish, like the analytics to back it up. It's like, you want to be in this zone and you're like moderate heart rate. What's that? And Peloton will be like, you want to be in this combined zone. I really, I, I'm a big fan of the power zone stuff. Hmm. It's numbered yeah, that. It I, I've been doing a lot of the high intensity interval training and the uh, Tabata stuff. Um, anyway. And then cheating during cool down. I get it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, again, we're talking VR, not peloton and really they need to sponsor us uh so um what else what else can be our i i finally caught up with pistol whip 2089 the kind of add-on expansion thing uh which is like the five songs with a little mini arc so cool it's like if i played it last year it it probably would have made my like best boss battles of the year (laughs) yeah that last was so cool and uh it's clever how they figured out how to do that it's so rad yeah oh my god and it like you get basically you turn into RoboCop. You get basically RoboCop's gun, and it's like shoots like four rounds. It's like it's so fun. Um, it makes you feel overpowered. So that's really cool. Um, I did actually. I want to hear your thoughts on Microsoft Flight Simulator because I tried it, and but I couldn't get it to work really well with the Quest via Quest Link. Um, if I kept my head totally still, uh, it looks great. But anytime I turned my head, the, the screen would like warp in a really weird way. And I, I think it's just the quest being weird. So well, VR is uh, all about uh, keeping your head still. So that seems yeah. like it was- I've, I've had some issues as well. And I'm playing it on a super beefy computer with the 3080 um, on my index. And I expected it to just be eye-poppingly beautiful. 
And there are things about it that are beautiful, but uh, it was a little disappointing yeah. to me, quite honestly. Um, I mean, the cockpit is really uh, cool. Like, it, it really feels like it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, yes, the cockpit is the coolest part. My and and the number of cockpits they have. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I was like a an actual plane guy and knew about planes and cared, I'm sure it'd be. A, it, you know, it's got to be exactly precise to what these planes really are. Um, and it gets you like a little bit of vertigo, but kind of like in a cool way. Where if you do it too much, like you're gonna not feel good. But a yeah. little bit of a lean, a little bit of this, like you feel something. It's like, oh, it kind of feels like I'm flying, you know? Yeah, it might be how I would feel in an actual plane, <laughs> a little tiny plane. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it, it really helped to find the plane that had the best windshields yeah. because the windshields are mapped precisely and a lot of them are not great in VR because there's a lot of stuff in your way or or whatever. And I was like, I found these, this little two-seater plane that was just like all windshield it was so great um but yeah i mean the the thing that's so extraordinary about that piece of software which i hesitate to even call a game is that it's a one-to-one representation of earth yeah (laughs) you know they made earth the size of earth in the game (laughs) crazy (laughs) you know it is a bonkers even just a thing to attempt the fact that we can even do that now and and yeah it's uh it's wild it's it's a it's an oppressive piece of software and i was hoping that it, this would be one of those serene things where i'm like oh, i just want to get into a plane i'm going to turn all the assists on just let it fly me over the world and i'll be happy and serene and i'll just look out and see this beautiful world and it didn't really work i mean it didn't really bring me there it still felt <sighs> I don't know. It's still, I think the game is gorgeous in 2d and in, in VR, it's just not quite there yet. And there are too many, I think compromises they had to make or whatever. And, and like you, I still had some weird warping uh, that was happening. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. I mean, I guess it, is it still technically in beta or is it a real release? The VR element in particular, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Maybe I don't, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I was really excited for it. I mean, it took, I downloaded 150 gigabytes to play that game. (laughs) Oh my God. I had to try, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit. Like basically I had to try three times to even play the game. Like every time I try, there's a huge hundred gig patch. And then like, oh, well, time for dinner. I guess I'll play it tomorrow. Doesn't happen. Come back a week later. All right, let's go. I got a half an hour. Let's play some Microsoft Fight Simulator. Oh no, another hundred gigs. I literally had to do it three times before I could even play the game. I think this that's is- Windows Store stuff. I really do. Like all of the Game Pass on PC and Windows Store and where these exec files, like I forget if Flight Sim was one of these games, but like some of them on Game Pass or whatever that you can't save not onto your main drive. And it's like, no, not, that didn't have, it let me install it wherever I wanted. But the, the, the thing that I would rant about, which is, is, a problem not just for this game, but a lot of different games, and not just Microsoft games, is this notion that for some reason what I want is to download a very small file and then load the game and then have the game load all of its stuff while I'm in the game. I don't want that. 
Just let me download the game with all of the very useful and well-made <laughs> download managers that yeah. I can. Yes. Oh like, I don't God. want to be in the game's client to download the actual game. There's no benefit. I don't understand why we've moved to this model where I have to leave Microsoft Flight Simulator open for 10 hours to download itself. No, let me do that outside of the game and do it just makes no sense to me. And there's a lot of games like that now. I mean, it's, it was, I don't know why it was adopted, but I, my initial theory is that it started because of this, um, quick boot type thing. I remember like, uh, I think it was like Xbox one and PS4. Like when those launched, uh, the idea of playing right away, because we install a little portion to get you started while we download the rest. And then it was just mostly good. Uh, and then you had like GTA five. I remember when that came out, it's like, Okay, the game is the slow screen, and then I'm just waiting for yeah. it to. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense that like it would ever come to PC for a thing like that, and and I always get it that little no bit sense. of like worry, like oh yeah, let's download this game. Like how big is it? Oh, it's like two megs. Uh oh, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not good. It's not good. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel better that I've now. The other game that did that was Genshin Impact lately. Mm. Like Genshin Impact, you download Genshin Impact and then you start Genshin Impact. It's like, okay, are you ready to play? Yeah. All right. We just need to download a quick 60 gigs. I'm like, well, no. no. I, wonder if, I wonder if some of that is to avoid store policies for patching. Yeah, maybe. Because you're out maybe. of that store client and you're in the game so they can push through things differently. Um, yeah. I know Fortnite was doing stuff like that when it was, I forget they got into trouble with Google or, but they're like not side loading, but essentially, you know, bringing new things into the game that way. So they wouldn't need to go through review, but yes, there's nothing more frustrating than like, it's already done. <laughs> oh crap. No. Uh, I've done a, a lot of watching of uh video in, in my Oculus quest as well. Um, I think the Oculus, TV, I think they call it. Maybe I'm wrong. Oculus video, Oculus movies, something like that are really well done. And the problem is there's such a huge spectrum of quality level. Yes. And I think it can give people such the wrong impression is it can look like such garbage. And there's so much on that they surface to you as, you know, vr video that's just 360 degree video there's no three-dimensionality to it and you know i spent a bunch of time watching like i watched the the mission impossible fallout behind the scenes video which is cool but it's just a 360 degree video there's no it 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 gives a bad impression i think to anybody that's like oh wow cool i want to see what vr is like it's not vr that's just a, a video where you can look all the way around in it and then there's these Oculus branded ones that are actually done with 3D camera. You know, the 3D gives you the, the entire effect. And that's incredible. It's a bummer to me that there's such a huge variety of quality in there. It, it, anyway. I've watched and a couple it's hard of to tell. Sorry, Danish. Oh, like, yeah, you don't know. You, you know. never know. You never know. Uh, yeah. And there's no way to filter, like, even from creator, in the in, at least in the quest menu. There's no way to, like, filter... I want only the ones that do the it the best way, please. You know, um, you just need one that says, "Look, I'm clearly in VR because I'm hiding from the world." Please give me that content. Like clearly, I I know what you were doing this past week, Jeff. It's very clear. Yeah. Content. 
I got Let Flight me... Simulator in VR. I watched a lot of videos in VR. I uh, did. I... My kids in VR. Uh, the world didn't exist in VR. It was very yeah. pleasant. It was so great. I, I went to the top of Everest. I went yeah. under the sea. <laughs> I uh, I ziplined in Hawaii. It was delightful. There's a couple <laughs> I want to point out, actually. Um, the slow-mo guys, which are a channel I absolutely love. I've seen like every one of their videos. They actually did a special partnership with Oculus and recorded some of their slow-mo photography in 3D. So it's not VR, nice. but like through the VR, Oculus VR channel or whatever, you can basically see like a big screen 3D version of their slow-mo stuff. And that's really cool. The other one I would recommend is actually a, I think it's an app. So it's not on the 3D channel, the channel. It's uh, Adam Savage's Tested. They have an app where you download it and then in the app you're in like a little 3d workstation and you can have these little notebooks on the table that are just different like maker projects and you click on one and it basically downloads the video of the ones you want to watch and then you watch it and i I believe it's 360 3d video um and it's just stationary and it's basically like sometimes you're watching adam savage sometimes you're watching other creators and they're just kind of in their workshop and they're talking about things it's like oh this is how i do this it's like 30 minute videos it's pretty cool i kind of like that idea of um you're just hanging out with this person as they're working on something and they're describing their process. And it's a different type of thing. It's not like a produced video. It's just like you're a flat like yeah. on the wall experience, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. There was one of the Oculus ones I watched this week that was uh, like the, the, the club scene in Tokyo mm. and it was really cool. And it was like this guy kind of this DJ bringing you around to the clubs that he goes to and like, you know, lasers and lights and smoke and all that stuff. But the best bits where he's like, also, we have a weekly jam session where we all just get together. And then you're just in this room in Tokyo with all these other DJs and they're all sitting around with their laptops and like playing beats for each other and being like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Or that's not I don't know about that one. And it's like, that's the best bit is yeah, just yeah. the hanging out with the gang and being in the room yeah. <laughs> stuff. Super cool. Yeah. I also did this wingsuit one that was crazy. Anyway, I did, I did Christian. I tried to escape a lot. I highly recommend um, uh, Tetris Effect in VR. I know I, we mentioned it back on in the PlayStation VR days, but now it's now it's a uh, a Game Pass game and Game Pass on PC and supports VR through the Microsoft Store on Game Pass on PC and uh, super simple. You click on the button. It's like, oh, I noticed you have VR capabilities. Do you want to launch in VR? Yes. Boom. On the index, it just looks spectacular. So much better than PlayStation VR. It's also, on the also very good. It's also on the base Quest. Yeah, yeah. And that Connect content is coming for free. Um, it is a game that has done everything right. It seems like. Oh yeah. Uh, and when when they announced Connect, I was like, I don't want to buy another version. It's like it's coming to Game Pass. I'm like, oh okay. And it's coming for free for the the version you already have. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> I can wait a couple I, of months. I'm not sure there's any more Zen relaxating, relaxing game to me than that. I, I just, it's even, even when I get myself in trouble in Tetris, I'm just like, it's cool, man. It's I was great. reading about the score, the soundtrack for that this week, actually. I, it's on my, it, it came, it came a little later to like Spotify and Apple music, like playlist, the soundtrack for that. I think it was maybe four months ago, something like that now, but I was reading about like getting it licensed and, and like how they created it and stuff like that. It's it's a fascinating challenge because again, kind of like Super Meat Boy Forever, kind of where it, it in its best it feels organic, but if you look at all the parts, it's very different. Like when you and I play a level in Tetris Effect, 
when we hear those audio tones, like all of those, all of his games, Res and, and, and Luminous as well. But when you're immersed in VR and it all just starts hitting perfectly and knowing yeah. that that is unique to you, but then also knowing that someone wrote that, you know, to like be able to happen in those moments. Awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. Great, great game. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm, I don't even want to stop. This has been so much fun. Uh, Danish Syed, thank you so much for being here. Great friend, great commentator. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you. This is, this is a blast. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you make online. Uh, you can just follow me on Twitter. That's the best way. Uh, at underscore Danish Syed, check out my podcast. Someone should make this. Um, and you can uh, find that anywhere you get podcasts. It is such a great show. Uh, at some point, I'm going to be on oh, it. You have I to, want you to. Have to both of you we're guys gonna, have to come on at some point. Yeah, it's such a such a brilliant idea for a podcast. We should be explicit about that. It is a podcast where a bunch of game designers and game enthusiasts uh, talk about games that someone should make. You guys aren't going to make it, no. But someone should, should make, make uh, and it is uh, it's brilliant. Such inventive cool ideas every episode has cool ideas and fun tangent topics as well uh great guests really fun last week we did a pitch so one of, and the thing, the thing that's always so fun about it is like where it ends up is always so different from where it starts and you see that process of us brainstorming and stuff so for example last week's game was uh x-men's rogue roguelike uh where it's uh <laughs> it's a superhero roguelike where you get different powers and stuff. And it's like where that started and where it ended was so different. And I love where we ended up. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. One of my favorite examples of this that I saw online, not from your show, but like just the idea, like someone should make it was when Mandalorian season two was kind of really going in the middle. And not, numerous people were like, someone needs to make this into a game. And then people were like, some former devs were like, we did. It was called 1313. I saw that. Oh my God. I saw it. It was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh man. So funny. (laughs) Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? Uh, Twitter's the best way to keep in touch. It's at Spicer. Um, I launched a newsletter in 2021. You can find it at tiny letter or subscribe to it at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I've been working on, the next installment of that, the second newsletter to go out, it was in a really good place. And then the week melted away. Um, So (laughs) it's going to be going out a little later than initially, but I have some really cool stuff planned for it. So I subscribe to that. You can find other updates on uh, Twitter. And if you're listening to this show, um, we're doing this show in video for 2021 when we can. So if you want to check it out live and, um, see everybody's beautiful face and my decrepit face that I have tons of filters on to be passable. It's if, you think, Twitch. Uh, if you think Jeff is animated and excited in audio form at the beginning of the show, <laughs> I was, I was taken aback. Wow. Seeing it. Seeing well, that it was, live. <laughs> I mean, Danish to, to reveal the sausage. That was the fight to get this made as I was like, I want to do video. And Jeff was like, I don't know if my body can match my vocal performance of energy. <laughs> Like Jeff, you can do it. And so he's been stretching, he's been limbering. There's a million outtakes of like him trying to get the movies. Yeah. He's the absolute yeah. best. I love I love seeing people's faces. So we're doing it on video in video, on video, on Twitch every Sunday at 7 15 uh PM Pacific. 
You can also always email us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions or suggestions. Maybe there's a game that we haven't talked about that you would love to get reviewed on the show that you could review on the show. Send us your review of that game. Maybe it'll make it on the show. dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you send that. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Several other shows I make, if you're so inclined to check them out. I talk about movies and TV shows over on the Slash Filmcast. You can find that at SlashFilmcast.com. I don't listen I, to that show after Wonder Woman, by the way. So I know we're friends and I love you. Did you, you listen did to the Wonder Woman episode? You did that movie dirty, my friend. You did, did, you, very did you listen dirty, to it? Dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so listen. glad you listened to it because those are all the things I would have said to you. <laughs> you, said a, you said a decent amount of them, but uh, I still like it. I like that movie. Can you guys record like a little conversation? Because I want to hear you guys hash it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel I would feel bad. I mean, I I don't like to yuck anybody's yum, you know. But uh, but it's, <laughs> oof, that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Jeff on this one. Yeah, you know it's funny, Christian. Have you seen the ads that they're doing? To, like. Best picture, best director, best lead actress, Wonder Woman 84. Have you seen those? No. They're like pushing it for awards. <laughs> it's like, you have got to be kidding me. Why does it go best director, best picture, best actor, only movie? Wonder, like, what else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jim yeah. Carrey legit has to get nominated for supporting, right? He's brilliant in Sonic, especially considering 2020. And Ewan, yeah. Ewan McGregor has to get nominated for supporting because – He's so zany and incredible as Black Matt. Like 2020s, I don't know. SAG's like, hey, we're sending screeners. I'm like, of what? Yeah, I, it's all it's all screeners anyway. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I have them. It's HBO Max. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I also I do a couple other shows. Uh, there's a, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, fan-controlled football, which is basically Madden in real life. Uh, pretty wild concept. Really, really fun doing the official companion show to a real live football league with real live players controlled entirely by the fans. You can watch it. Uh, you can watch my show Thursdays at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. We stream at twitch.tv slash FCF. And the Dungeon Run. Check out the Dungeon Run. Super proud of that show. You can find it on YouTube. It's a long-form storytelling show set in a fantasy world. We play Dungeons & Dragons, but it is really storytelling you can find it uh, on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run or as an audio podcast by searching for The Dungeon Run anywhere you get audio podcasts. Hope you check it out. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Danish, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes, and you know, uh, a little bit of a background here. Me and Jeff have been exchanging soothing video recommendations all summer. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because it's a you have, By the way, you have been knocking those out of the park. I still listen. I still watch Luke Toen, which I think I mentioned on the show yeah. many months ago. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so this is, a, this is another one of those. Um, this is a comedy show on HBO Max called Joe Para Talks With You. And it's an it's a show that started out on Adult Swim, so it's like 15-minute episodes. And it's this comedian, Joe Para, who is such a unique uh, performer voice. Like, basically, he looks like a young man, but 
he acts like a very old man <laughs> just because he's very calm. He speaks very quietly. He talks quietly. He, he walks slowly. He wears sort of like frumpy clothes. And so the show is just him discussing a topic, a very mundane topic like breakfast or taking a fall drive and just like doing things. And he just, he just talks to you for 15 minutes. It is so relaxing and hilarious and so joe parrot talks with you it's kind of been my recent obsession <laughs> i did not know what to make of the show i watched one episode of it i did not know what to make of it i was like is this a put-on is he playing a character is this yeah. what is this yeah give it give it a couple more i think the, okay. the second episode i think or second or third is the fall drive one and that one i think might have you turn a corner because it, it's it's really good awesome christian spicer what is your parting gift uh, plug the newsletter again. There we go. And this was last week when it came out. Uh, and I'll have one other thing after this, but Eternals number one. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And there's a version of the book that is free on Comicsology that gives a look behind the scenes as well. And it's fascinating to see the pencils and what got brought in as detail as color because the book is beautiful. And I was like, how did they draw all of? And it's really really interesting to see like the collaboration of the team that brought this book to life so i forget it has like a name the the free one um dang it if you google it you'll you can find it fairly quickly like eternals behind the scene eternals number one behind the scenes um it's awesome and the book itself is is fantastic and and i'm super curious how it was supposed to play in to the movie you know like as yeah. marvel is relaunching this stuff for it to go um we got a, a lego catalog that has eternals lego in it and my goodness i love the kumail lego because he's got like he's got his eyebrow and i'm like that is beautiful it is so beautiful you are a minifig i guess he already was from ninjago but so good um but this comic i don't know what the eternals movie is going to be but this relaunch um of eternals by marvel i think is phenomenal and, and well worth the read very cool Journal's number one. My parting gift is uh, something I, I was going to talk about in the VR talk, but uh, I think it fits here. Uh, for Christmas, I was gifted the these uh, special straps. They're called FrankenQuest. It's the FrankenQuest uh, upgrade to the Oculus Quest 2. That is is very simple. It looks like it's 3D printed. Super simple. Not too expensive. I think it was like 20 bucks. Uh, there are adapters to let you put the Vive Deluxe audio strap on your Quest 2. So this replaces that little flimsy Velcro strap with the $100 Vive Deluxe audio strap, which I bought when it first came out. So I had it sitting around on my now not used Vive. And so this $20 little 3D printed piece of plastic turns that into a new head strap for the quest two awesome game changer it is so cool it makes the oculus quest two so much more comfortable it's got the cool uh clicking tightener on the back you know it's it's that deluxe audio strap that's 99 bucks i think they're still selling it they're still selling it even though it doesn't fit on the current vibe they're selling which is weird you can still buy them they're not cheap again i think it's 100 bucks but with this added uh, addition, 
I highly recommend adding it to your quest too. If you, if you already have one or if you have a way to get one, or if that price doesn't put you off, uh, it is a massive upgrade because as I think more comfortable than the original quest that the quest two is, this is like night and day. It makes it into a much more, I think, high quality experience. I'm curious how the elite strap compares um because it's cheaper it doesn't seem like it's as good as that but like it you know cradles your head better um and i think it has the click as well i think it has like much like the playstation one um i wonder you can find uh the upload vr site which i i like a lot uh, uploadvr.com they they do um a, a breakdown of the franken quest and how it works and they they are big fans of it as well which is why i even asked for it for the holidays all right, we have a listener-suggested parting gift sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from Kurt Prenger. Prenger, Prenger. Uh, Kurt writes to us, uh, Hey, guys, my five-year-old daughter received Dragon's Breath, a board game by Haba that was a Kinderspiel des Jahres in 2018 for Christmas this year, and the game itself is such a blast to play. The game is very simple and completely luck-based, but the tactile aspect is what really makes my family enjoy it. The gameplay loop is straightforward and quick. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you build a tower of rings in the center of the board. Fill that tower with shiny gems and choose a gem color to collect. On each player's turn, they take a single ring from the top of the tower and watch the gems spill out. The players collect their colored gems that didn't fall through the holes in the board. The winner is the person who was lucky enough to collect the most gems. Again, not a complicated game and 100% luck-based, but watching my kids gleeful... <laughs> my Watching my kids' glee-filled faces every time the gems spill out of the tower is what makes this game shine for me. I'd recommend this board game for anyone with young kids. Love the show. Thanks, Kurt. Ahaba, fantastic purveyor of children's board games. I actually bought two games for my kids uh, this Christmas from Ahaba. Moto... God, I can't remember the names of them now. There's a racing one called Moto something... And um, uh, Animal Upon Animal, I think it's called. The stacking animal game. Um, great. Great games. And I haven't tried Dragon's Breath, but now I want to. So there you go. Mini, mini tabletop time. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Danish and Christian for hanging out with me. Thanks to our live audience hanging out with all of us, making the show better, better in real time. We appreciate you getting to watch that video stream as well. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L. Sean Madigan and Zero Star for making the fantastic bumpers in the show. And thank you to each and every one of you for tuning us in. We appreciate it. And we'll be back next week. Until then, and I really mean it this time, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.